0: Michigan with a decent Game 1 showing, Army is coming to town, and Sparty continues to annoy me. I'm Adam Amble, and this is the M-Factor. Welcome back, Michigan fans, for week two of the M Factor. We have a recap of game one versus Middle Tennessee State. We will look at how the rest of the Big Ten fared this last weekend and, of course, this week's rival annoyance. But first, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and subscribe to the M Factor. Make sure to leave us a review and, as always, a nice little five-star rating to help us skyrocket the M-factor in the rankings so us Wolverine fans can take over the college football podcast world. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. And let's keep season two rocking. I really appreciate the support, everyone. So let's get episode two rolling. It was... A game one in the books, finally, for the Wolverines. Happy to have the 2019 football season underway. Thank goodness it was a typical opening game for the Wolverines as the Middle Tennessee State came to town and 40-21 to 21 win under the lights at the Big House last Saturday, so a pretty decent showing. We're going to have a recap of it here as well as look forward to, obviously, Army this coming weekend, but... I had the pleasure of watching the game in Denver at a great Michigan alumni bar called Loto's right downtown. It was packed with Michigan fans. Game was on every TV, and they were playing the game cast sound over the PA, of course. Just a really great place to watch the game, especially when you're in foreign territory, right? But it was a great time. Really appreciate it. And the crowd was just rocking at the big house. I'll tell you what, that national anthem was something else with the F-16 flyover. I can only imagine the the energy that was going on at the big house. Goosebumps, just thinking about it still. So great job to the U of M athletic department and you know big thanks to middle Tennessee state for making the trip but scheduling that game at 7 30 a night game that was well done because honestly you know middle Tennessee state not a huge draw I get it was definitely the or I get it was the opening game of the season but when you can get you know you, when you when the crowd just is that electric uh, you could feel it even even in Denver I could feel it so just a, I just want to give a shout out to to the Michigan Athletic department for just really for scheduling that game as a night game I think everyone really enjoyed it it looked like a beautiful night in Ann Arbor so let's get into the 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 meat and potatoes of the game that's the team stats then we'll do some individual stats as is custom on the N factor for those those returning listeners from last season we'll go start off with first downs Michigan 26 middle Tennessee 16 so major advantage for the Wolverines they pretty much dominated all of the the statistical side of of things but the score was a lot the score seemed to be a lot closer you take away two of those turnovers for Michigan and which middle Tennessee State scored on and you kind of have more of a blowout so 40 to 21 they didn't cover the spread however We'll uh, continue on with the team stats. Total yards, Michigan 453 to Middle Tennessee State 301. Passing, kind of uh, Middle Tennessee State got us there, 234 to 220. Completion per attempt, 26 of 41 for Middle Tennessee State, Michigan 19 of 33. Middle Tennessee State did have that. INT, Michigan had zero. This is where we really got Middle Tennessee. That is in the rushing department, 233 for Michigan to only 67 and that's a that's a pretty dominant stat right there. Penalties pretty even, eight for both sides for about 55 yards apiece. Michigan did have two turnovers, as did Middle Tennessee State, but Middle Tennessee State was able to capitalize off of those turnovers. So really the, the, ma- the major stats that stick out to me anyway when it comes to the team stats is definitely the rushing yards for the big blue at 233 that was very very good and the turnovers kind of nodded the the points off turnovers kind of the negative m factor for the wolverines definitely those two turnovers and milton state was able to score off of them so that kind of does it for the team stats let's roll into the individual stats and this was there's some there's some good standouts here i have some m factors to hand out First of all, passing Shea Patterson, a solid game. A lot of people were giving him crap, and a lot of people are still giving him crap as of today, uh, saying they want to bench. Let's just pump the g- brakes a little bit, folks. We'll get into that here in a second. Shea Patterson, a 17 of 29, 203 yards with a QBR of 53.3. Dylan McCaffrey got in there 2 of 2 for 17 yards and a 46.5 rating. Milton also got in there as well, for, but he was 0 for 1. Michigan rushing. This was this was amazing. Zach, all day, Charbonnet, just a great, great game for the freshman. Eight carries, 90 yards. That's 11.3 yards per carry. He also had that nice long run of 41 yards. Christian Turner has a solid game, 11 carries for 49 yards. Dylan McCaffrey uh, carried the ball eight times for 42 yards, and then Shea had a nice... 28 yards on nine carries, but that costly fumble right at the beginning. So that kind of, that kind of was no good. Obviously, as uh, Middle he scored off that one. True Wilson, the other, uh the other running back had two carries for eight yards. Not a good game for True Wilson. He actually went out with an injury, so we'll hopefully hear an update on that this week. Michigan receiving Tariq Black, Nico Collins led the squad. Four receptions for 80 yards for Trey Black, along with a tutty. Nico Collins also had a tutty, and Sean McKeon made up for some of his uh, drops last year at the end of the season with a tutty, but only two receptions for 37 yards. But overall, not a bad game for the Michigan receiving core. They didn't have to pass the ball a lot. I mean, they had 45 uh, 45 total carries on on offense for for from a rushing standpoint, and only threw the ball 33 times. Uh, between the three quarterbacks, so pretty good Pretty good stats for the Michigan receiving side. Let's move over to the defense. It was Kalik Hudson leading the squad with eight total tackles. Brad Hawkins with a great game of seven tackles. Glasgow had six tackles along with two sacks, so that was a great game for him. Everyone else kind of had under under that for in terms of tackles. Uh, we did have Ambry Thomas with the interception. That was great. We'll get into that here in a second. And basically kick returns, we had Giles Jackson returning the kicks. Uh, DPJ obviously out with injury, so we had him. Ronnie Bell, LaVert Hill were returning the punts. Not bad for Ronnie Bell. He had that nice 27-yard return. Uh, The issue with uh, LaVert Hill, obviously I had that fumble, so that was kind of disappointing. Michigan kicking uh, Moody, Quinn Norton not seeing any action you did have four for four from extra points but not out there for field goals so they're still kind of doing that two kicker mentality with moody and nordine Moody was 2-for-2 with a long of 34 yards. Will Hart punting, he had 5 for an average of about 41.6. So overall, individually, you know, kind of an average game, especially against an opponent like Middle Tennessee State. I think they were favored by, what was it, 21-and-a-half. So it wasn't – it was close. I mean, they almost covered the spread, and I think that was because a lot of the – you know, a lot of media, a lot of sports gamblers, they – in Vegas, obviously we're a little weary on the new offense and the young defense, and that proved to be that proved to be true. Let's roll out some M factor awards though for both offense and defense. On offense, it goes to the hard running of the true freshman. All day Zach Charbonnet, my girlfriend actually coined that nickname. So we're gonna try to make it stick all season, folks. All day Charbonnet, that's right. Just hard running. As I mentioned, his his stats, he had the ninety yards, he led the squad. And for a freshman, I was just very, very impressed uh, with his hard running. He kind of reminded me of Mike Hart. I actually saw that uh, after I I actually, you know, I stated that. And then I actually saw some sports commentators state the same thing, and I couldn't agree more. Really hard running. I was really impressed with some of his, his speed and his agility. Had some good jukes here and there. So, great job, especially as a true freshman. You know, coming out, maybe he was a little amped up in front of that ruckus, just Michigan crowd. It, it it must have been a great time for him, especially as a true freshman. This is first first collegiate game. So, great job for Charbonnet getting the first offensive M factor of the season. Defense goes to Amory Thomas, sporting that number one jersey again this year. He got that lone intersection of the game there in the second quarter and had – one of the, an awesome tackle for a loss there too. That was, that was pretty impressive. Great hit. And really both of those, the reason I give him, you know, not the best stats, but he definitely was the only one with the interception. I feel the, the, the INT really got the crowd on their feet not that they weren't hyped really all game it seemed like but i just felt some great energy when he picked it off i know at uh, lodos the bar that i was at uh, everyone was going crazy when he intercepted the ball and again this was in the second quarter folks so this the game was not it was it was not in doubt or it was it was it was just a really big play i felt and it just it was just one of those high energy moments that you knew that the stadium was just going crazy for it. You know the first the first turnover of the season, and it happened to be an INT, a great play by Thomas. So hopefully you can give us some, some more of those high energy moments throughout the season. Honestly, I was not very impressed with the defense, but there were some shine some bright spots, and and that was definitely one of them and uh, i just hope that they continue to improve again it was game one so let's let's not forget folks let's let's move on to some of the takes from the game as i mentioned not really impressed with the new offense i expected a little more run and gun but maybe that's because we just don't want to show our hand too early which i i totally get get a feel against these weaker teams i i hope that is the plan anyway i i really feel we just didn't really you know we didn't want to show our hand too early in the season you don't really need to until we hit that first game against uh, at wisconsin our first big 10 matchup and our first hopefully they'll probably be ranked at the time barring a loss so that'll be two two ranked teams just like it was last year it was let's not let's not forget first game with the new offense uh, no DPJ due to injuries, so that hurt, but it was great to see Black and Collins step it up. As I mentioned in the stats, they had a great game from the receiving core, especially when we weren't passing the ball You know, a ton. As I mentioned, I expected a little more run and gun, but it was definitely when when we were running the ball, there's no reason to to have to throw it. I did not like the gimmick plays, especially on that one possession with McCaffrey lining up at wide receiver and Shea at QB, and they also did it vice versa later in the game. But it was just—it's just too early for gimmick plays. Like I said, you don't want to show your hand too much. There's no reason to put McCaffrey out there at wide receiver just to get him playing time. I know after the game he said he loved it. You know, he actually—he ran the ball, he threw the ball, and he caught the ball right so that's that I mean that's kind of a cool stat if you're gonna do it I guess middle Tennessee state is the the team to do it against but I just I just don't feel that there was a reason to do that just what just to keep McCaffrey in there I mean he got plenty of time behind center so it to, to be honest that, and that one that stalled that drive that Shea got sacked on third down and we had to punt. So kind of disappointed in that the two QB system is just not a good idea. I've stated this year after year, especially to friends and family. I just am very, very against the two QB system. I'm not saying it hasn't worked before throughout a season, right throughout an entire season. Uh, back in the day, I can think offhand Florida with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, but That might be one of the the only exception where it actually works throughout a game it just I hate seeing it during a single game it ruins any sort of rhythm for the starting quarterback and to be honest the rest of the offense players start to get a feel for a quarterback throughout the spring throughout practice I don't care how much you you practice with all the QBs certain guys just have certain styles of play that meshes with the other guys so it meshes with a certain quarterback, right? It meshes with their leadership. It mes- meshes with are they a runner? Are they more athletic? Are they more of a pocket passer? Now, don't get me wrong. Both Shea Patterson and McCaffrey are pretty good runners. I, I, I'll take McCaffrey's just kind of got that deceptive speed. He's got those long legs, and it seems like he just he, he blows my mind how how quick he is and how people just can't take the correct angle of pursuit against him. But Shea, is, Shea seems to be the leader. And like I like I mentioned before, when you're starting quarterback, everyone only remembers the bad things. All, everyone always remember your bad plays. When you're a backup, one you don't have any pressure on you, and two, only the only thing that people remember are the great plays that you did. Let's not forget, McCaffrey didn't look that great throwing the ball. I mean, he was he was two for two, but it's not like they were deep passes or anything. And he, you know, it, running, he did have that nice touchdown run. But that's what he does, and and like I said, don't get me wrong. I, I think McCaffrey is very, very talented. He'll see his time. He'll get his, but there's no way that there's a quarterback controversy going on right now. I think that's just idiotic to think that McCaffrey is going to start over Shab. And I said it last year, and I'm saying it again this year. I mentioned it in episode one of this season. There's just no way that McCaffrey is going to beat out Shea. I think Shea has earned his time back there. He's been a leader, and he did not play that bad, folks. Look at the stats. If you watch the game over, I've watched the game three times now, and the more – the, the, the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, wow. He actually he looked a lot better than what the stats indicate. And then the third time I watched it, I was like, oh, okay. And then what comes out is Shea was rumored to be injured on the first play from scrimmage. I don't know how many of you heard that when he tried to do a little too much. This was kind of my knock on Shea early on in the game. And after I heard this, this makes a lot of sense. He just tried to do too much, and he fumbled that first play from scrimmage. There's just no need for that. Don't get me wrong. I love the effort. I know these guys are, are football players. They're going to play to the whistle. They're going to play as hard as they can, gain every inch, and don't get me wrong. I, I, you need that later on in the season. You need it in the big games, but not from the first play from scrimmage against Middle Tennessee. You, you made a great run, first and foremost, and he tried to tried to go for that extra yard, ended up fumbling, and it, and it turns out that he actually – injured himself that's the rumor anyway that's what harbaugh alluded to earlier this week so just nowadays as a college quarterback you have to you have to protect yourself as a pro quarterback obviously everyone knows this but nowadays the college quarterback is is just as important and you just got to protect yourself because any sort if you hurt your your leg your arm your hand your finger it is just so much more important then, if, let's say, a running back injures his hand. Well, the running back can still carry the ball. What if the running back injures his elbow? You know, it still doesn't affect them as much as their ability to make plays because you know just every part of the QB's body is very, very important in terms of being able to throw the ball on time, good delivery, with a little bit of momentum, you know, with a little bit of zip and accuracy. It's just very important. So these QBs, you know, I'm talking about everywhere. I'm not just talking about Shea Patterson these guys have really got to start protecting themselves and because they're they're beginning to become franchise players even though it's a college game you just get, your your season is almost done if you lose your starting quarterback now for michigan they really don't have that problem right because i i see here mccaffrey will still see a lot of playing time this year but i still just don't like that two Q quarterback system in one single game I just don't like it. unless Shea gets, just looks lost out there and is absolutely just not with it. You know, maybe he had a few adult beverages the night before, which hopefully these guys don't do. But it, it just looked, he just looks—he looked pretty solid, especially if he had that injury, which Harbaugh said that he he kind of did a lower body injury and he just wasn't the same all game. So props to him. I, I can't wait. He should be ready. They said he should be ready to go 100% for this weekend. So that's good. It wasn't very serious if indeed it was true. Now we move on to the defensive side and defense. The defense looked a little shaky, but again, first game, that's not an excuse. We said this was a worry of ours going into the season. You know, they are kind of young. They lost four great players from last season, so anyone would be struggling a little bit, especially in game one. Number one's got his work cut out for them, but let's face it. They had two sacks, four hurries on the QB. One thing that concerned me was the lack of getting to the ball quickly. Again, I've watched the game over and over, and – I was very. I'm concerned about some of the passes that Middle Tennessee State had, and there seemed to be no one around, especially the swing pass to the running back out in the flats, and then the quarterback, the the athletic quarterback for for Middle Tennessee, really looked, uh, you know, he looked just they were just a split second late on everything, getting to the ball, gang tackling. That's going to really kill us if we don't improve on that. I think we will. Again, don't get me wrong; these guys are young. And I just really we need the big guys to step up, the older guys to step up, which they did. I mean Hudson obviously had a great game, eight tackles. That's nothing that's nothing to write home about. That's 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 pretty solid. But I just think that they they really need to focus on the gang tackling like they did last year. It seemed like as soon as someone caught the ball, with the exception of Ohio State and Florida, I get that. But with the exception of those two, they just seemed to always just be right there. You know, there wasn't a lot of yards after the catch. This first game last Saturday, I did not see that. So that that worries me a little but a little bit, pardon me. But again, first game. So do not forget it took a few games last season to get them playing well. So I mean they lost to Notre Dame 24-17, started insanely slow against Western Michigan last year in their second game. And much of and they started much the same as last weekend against SMU. Uh, which was their third game of the season last year. They only beat MSU forty-five to twenty, so almost the the exact same score and the exact same stat line. After I looked it up, so it, it it takes it takes a while to work out the kinks, and that's why I love that the the Notre Dame game is scheduled so late in the season this year because we get two kind of smaller, uh, weaker weaker opponents, if you want to call it that that's really going to fine tune us for that Notre Dame game because Notre Dame looked pretty solid against Louisville this last weekend so they actually moved up in the polls they're right behind Michigan now Michigan didn't move any so they stayed at seven Notre Dame actually moved up to number eight so that's that's pretty good at the end they got the the job done and that's why we start the season one and zero, much better than last year Obviously, as we started zero and one last year. Well, let's move on to some of the other Big Ten schools. I think it was a very good weekend for the Big Ten. Minnesota beat South Dakota State twenty-eight to twenty-one, so not not a solid game for PJ Flex boys there, but uh, they probably should have won by way more than that. However, they got the W Wisconsin over South Florida forty-nine to zero. Jonathan Taylor, had a monster game with one hundred and thirty-five yards and two TDs. Watch out, folks. That's going to be we kind of suffocated them last year. Uh, hopefully, with that the the, the the lesser defense so far. And I don't want to. I don't want to. I'll knock on or I don't want to jinx them, and I don't want to. I don't want to judge them too quickly, but, yeah, we need to pick up the defense a little better. Jonathan Taylor is going to have a heyday against us in a couple weekends. Rutgers gets a win over UMass, 48-21, to so good job by Rutgers. Shock of the weekend was Nevada getting getting the best of Purdue, 34-31, to despite Elijah Sindler's. 423 yards 4 TD performance. Goodness. Penn State just crushing Idaho 79 to 7, but no real surprise there. Idaho FCS school. Iowa looked a little rusty but got the win over Miami of Ohio 38 to 14. Nate Stanley with a decent day, 21 of 30, 252 and 3 TDs. Nate Stanley is supposed to be one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 10. Nebraska offense looked a bit shaky speaking of one of the better quarterbacks projected anyway in the Big 10 Martinez not a great game but they get by South Alabama 35 to 21 Northwestern hung in there against Stanford but lost 17-7 really the only true Big 10 team with a with a big test those were two ranked teams Stanford Stanford came out on top though it was at Stanford so not a not a major disappointment for Northwestern Maryland just destroys Howard 79 to 0 the first time uh, it was a first time and I, I, it might have been the first time, actually, where uh, two Big Ten schools on the opening, the opening weekend scored over like 70 points, I think I, I heard. So pretty impressive. 79 for both Penn State and Maryland. Nicely done. It was Illinois over Akron, 42-3. to Pretty easy game for the Fighting Illini. And Indiana got the win over Ball State, 34-24. to So that's it for the Big Ten over the past weekend. Not forgetting one. Not forgetting one, am I? Yeah, I didn't think so. Now okay, let's move on. Let's let's move on to the rival annoyance. Now you know that what didn't look better than last year was that terrible MSU offense on Friday night, and that will lead me right in to the rival annoyance. Okay, well for those of you that didn't head to any high school football games last Friday, you might You might have thought you were watching a high school offense with that Sparty game, but what do the headlines read? Of course, this is what the media is going crazy in college sports now. It's a couple of headlines. MSU manhandles Tulsa for a 28-7 win. Michigan State defense suffocates Tulsa for the win. All the defense, right? All the defense. And you guessed it, all MSU fans could talk about was that championship form defense that was just so suffocating. championship form defense. Are you kidding me? Not a word about their offense. First off, they did hold Tulsa to 80 total yards. Pretty good, right? I mean, that is what you're supposed to do against a team like Tulsa, right? Last year, I swore someone held Sparty to under 100 total yards for a game, right? Who was that? Oh, yeah, that's right. But great job, Sparty D, on holding the dreaded Tulsa to 100 total yards. Ooh, to under 100 total yards. Just incredible. Crickets about your offense, though, which only scored one touchdown and settled for four field goals against that juggernaut of a Tulsa defense who was ranked 80th last year, giving up almost 30 points per game. Yeah, okay, that championship defense better be – the best defense of all time, because let's face it, you're not going to win many games with that stat line on offense. Just absolutely ridiculous. I, you know, just reading the papers and stuff, and a lot of these weren't even like Michigan State papers. It was on M MLive, Detroit Free Press. I mean, even ESPN had a bunch of headlines, the, the Michigan, Michigan State defense just insanely good, looks at top form over Tulsa. Over Tulsa, guys. And that's all I hear is how great your defense was. Let's not talk about the negative. Let's not be truly objective about your your squad. Oh, no, it's all about the defense. And I just I would love to talk about that stunning offense. I got to give it to Slick Hair Lewerke. He did have 192 yards passing in that just incredible TD pass. At least no INTs. So great job, man. Awesome. Way to step up against that dreaded Tulsa defense. Give me a break. Maybe they can pick it up against Western Michigan this weekend. And hey, wow! I mean, it looks like they they get to play when the big boys do on Saturday. So congrats to that, Sparty. Way to way to schedule the, the schedule those games. It will be on at night, so I'm sure most of you will probably be watching that one instead of the what the LSU Texas game. I mean, yeah, you should probably tune into that. I mean, that's probably gonna be a high scoring Western Michigan Michigan State game. I I can't wait. That's that's definitely on my DVR. Or no, I'll I'll be watching it live. Pardon me, uh, just just sickening. So anyway, that's this week's rival annoyance. Okay, so now that I've calmed down a little bit, let's get to this Saturday's game. That will be Michigan versus Army. It is at the Big House. So it will be broadcast on fox so again that'll be at noon this saturday on fox make sure you tune in i'm sure all you michigan faithful will be obviously if you're not heading to the game make sure you, you tune in if you are heading to the game be safe that's a that's an early start so not a lot of not a lot of tailgating unless uh, you crazies get there at 6 a.m which i know a lot of you do i'm sure the golf course will be rocking again it's supposed to be a just beautiful weather this saturday michigan of course coming in as the favorite with the spread at 22 and a half currently so I still think that's kind of low I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna pick them to to cover that but let's we'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit they have a 96.2 chance to win Army last week with ooh, just a just an ugly win over Rice it was 14 to 7 not a lot of passing in the game as you can imagine but Army did rack up 231 rush yards on 56 attempts so that's classic with that, with that classic running attack of Army will be in full effect this Saturday. I think definitely Michigan worked out the kinks this week at practice. They got they got some decent film work to 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 do it to do this week. So that will hopefully you know hopefully show this weekend because they they definitely need it a little bit. Like I said, it was the first game, so I'm still. I'm still giving them a chance. I'm not ready to throw in the towel, as many Michigan fans tend to do, especially after I remember last year's loss to Notre Dame. Uh, I had to pretty much pull people off the ledge for crying out loud. I'm, I'm going to go with a 45-7 to win this week for the boys. A lot of uh, second and third string Uh, players will get in in the second half I think I think they'll jump out early never really look back I'm not too nervous about this running attack of army again I'm not sure about the 22 and a half spread maybe that was because of our offense not looking the greatest last week they still I mean they still put up 40 points come on people I just don't think that a running attack ever really beats Michigan now don't get me wrong I just said a straight up running attack it's when of course our our old uh, friend that can our old uh, the the dreaded running quarterback that can actually throw the ball as well the old athletic quarterbacks those are the ones the types of offenses that scare me so let's keep the turnovers down this week and i think we'll be just fine before the first big test of the season as we start conference play against wisconsin oh that's going to be a big one folks but yeah i'm going with michigan 45 to 7 i i don't see them I just don't see it really being a close game, especially after this week in practice. I'm sure everything will be just fine. So we just got to tune up everything. We get a bye week. So we get a bye – pardon me. We get a bye week before Wisconsin the following – or this following week after this saturday so that will definitely help we'll get two weeks to work on anything that we see that we got a great coaching staff so that wisconsin game is going to be amazing though at wisconsin i mean it was a blast last year when we had it at home long day though for a lot of the fans and it was a night game and college game day was there so it was it was solid though what a great showing for the the wolverines um and i'm just looking forward to that game for sure so I want to end this week's. Uh, I know it's kind of a quicker episode, but uh, you know, not a not a ton to go over with these these weaker teams. I would like to end with reading again about this quarterback controversy that I, I continue to see. Uh, guys, we just we really need to pump the brakes on this one. I do not see anything. That says that McCaffrey is gonna take over for Shea. Shea looked really good. Again, if you only saw the game one time, of course, at first glance, it looked like Shea Patterson was a little off. Don't forget, there were a lot of there were a couple dimes that he threw that were dropped. I remember the one he threw it before the guy even broke because he had to. He had a defender right in his face and he was about to get sacked. And he threw a dime and it just was off the wide receiver's fingertips. And he had a couple other drop passes that could have been one should have been a tutty. Right, that one went right off right off the receiver's hand, and he just—I thought he looked really good, except for that fumble at the beginning. But I can't really fault him for that fumble. He was just trying to do too much too early against a team that he really didn't have to do it against. Love the effort. I'm not going to take anything away from that. Or I'm not going to take any way, anything away from Shea on the effort on that run. But you know, he's got to be a little smarter than that. Protect himself because that injury could have been a, a lot worse than than what than what actually happened now a lot of you michigan fans were probably hoping that it was a little little more severe but that's obviously ridiculous and nor should you ever wish that a that a severe injury or major injury occurs to any college player or pro player for that matter any football player any athlete uh that's just terrible but i mean shape i mean there's 17 of 29 could have easily been 19 of 20 20 of 29 for a couple more or at least one more touchdown and uh, you know maybe 50 more yards could have could have been I'm just saying could have been could have should have would have right but I always have to go back to this starting quarterback you know as I mentioned earlier in the episode the starting quarterback always you remember the bad things you're gonna remember the fumble right you're gonna remember he did stand back there a few times too long couldn't make the decision and did get sacked but Shea Patterson had a great great game not a great game but a, a very good game especially for the new offense when Dylan McCaffrey gets in there it's, it almost feels like a gimmick right now. And, again, don't get me wrong, Dylan McCaffrey will see his time. I can't wait for him, especially next year. Hopefully he stays healthy and he, doesn't, he isn't injury-prone because let's not forget, folks, he did break his collarbone last season. That is a major factor in taking all these hits and running the ball so so many times. That's a big deal. And I just hope that he can stay healthy because he is a great player. I I have no doubt. I don't – that is not what I'm trying to say here. He is a great – he's a great talent. Obviously, all the McCaffreys are pretty much, especially mom, dad, all the brothers, just solid, solid sports family. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm not denying that he is a very good quarterback. We just haven't seen a lot of him. And I would like to see him as a starter. You know, I can't wait for next year when he gets another year under his belt, another year under Harbaugh, another year under Shea Patterson, who is obviously a little more experienced than than McCaffrey. I would like to see that. I can't wait to see that because he does have the tools to work with. He is extremely athletically gifted. So I can't. I I just don't want to take anything away from McCaffrey because I know a lot of you. hate You know, a lot of you are telling me that I'm hating. A lot of my friends and stuff are, are just really. Uh, really on me because they, they just don't know why I'm so so turned off on Dylan McCaffrey, but that's not the case at all. I, I think it's exciting when he's in the game. I think he's really good. I, I think he's a little, little green still, obviously, because he doesn't have the experience that Shea has. But this whole talk of quarterback controversy and benching Shea Patterson, I think, is absolute nonsense. We just need to pump the brakes, folks. Shea Patterson is the solid leader. I know he's not a captain, but we talked about that last week, about having your quarterback as as a team captain. You just got to hold up, and I think Shea will improve every game just like he did last year. Let's not forget, uh, no one was even thinking about Dylan McCaffrey last year one because obviously got injured but Dylan McCaffrey would come in have a good solid run but as a second string quarterback you're allowed that maybe the defense is you know a little less pep in their step when that second string quarterback is in there when Shea Patterson is very dynamic I think he throws the ball much better than McCaffrey from what I've seen anyway I think Patterson is a little more uh, more quick he knows the offense a little better and I think McCaffrey is I think probably probably a little more athletic uh, and, and bigger obviously I mean geez he's 6'5 but he's he needs to beef up a little bit just to try to stay try to try to stay healthy that's all I want I want Patterson McCaffrey Milton obviously to all stay McNamara didn't see any playing time the, the true freshman they are obviously redshirt him but I see it setting up very very well as long as all these guys stay obviously Patterson's gone after this year but as long as all these guys stay it's looking very very good for every every two years to have a solid experienced quarterback in there at the start of the season so like I mentioned last week we don't have to start a true freshman who has never you know played a snap in college football so again Shea Patterson's our guy I am 100 behind him and McCaffrey I'd like to see him in there hopefully he can still provide those sparks that he's that he's been doing the last two years But Shea Patterson is the guy. So with that, I would like to conclude episode two of the M Factor. Again, make sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and subscribe to the M Factor. Leave us that review, that five-star rating to help us out in the rankings. Be sure to tell your friends, family, and any Michigan fans about the podcast or any college football fans. I'm going to start going over the Big Ten scores every week because I think we need to know our opponents and that's very important. So for those of you who don't watch you know Sports Center on or college football tonight or Sports Center on Sunday mornings, you don't really know about the Big Ten scores. So I just I really, really appreciate the support from you guys. And with that, have a great and safe weekend. Enjoy game two of the 2019 season. We will be back here next Thursday as always. So thanks for listening, everyone. I am Adam Amble, and this is the M Factor. Go blue we